Yo, Britta. So I just got back from Dragon Con, right? Yeah, yeah, we know, Scotty. We know. I know the one where I did like multiple panels, and I was a really dope dude. And I found a podcast that I really liked. Oh, really? What is it? And its name is Fun Fiction. <laughs> Welcome to Fun Fiction, everybody, the podcast about movies, books, and now apparently people and the great the great fans that write about them. I'm one of your hosts, Scotty Moore. What up? I'm your other host, Brenna Clark. How we doing, guys? And Brenna, I am going to entrust in you to talk about all other elements of what we're doing this week. Good. <laughs> Because I am going to be going full wrestle boy on this one. That is so great because I don't have that part down. <laughs> Brent is just like he was. He, I liked him. He looks like a hunky Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay. Wait, what was the quote? The quote from um, fucking what was the Amy Schumer movie that was actually good, but I didn't see. Trainwreck. Yeah, Trainwreck. I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Walt yes. Mark Wahlberg. No, but that, I was reading that's what people say about him, that he's the Marky Mark of wrestling. No, that's legit. Like, okay, when Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena, or I might, <laughs> I might have got that mixed up, when he started in wrestling, he was a normal, kind of just boring wrestler that everyone was like, fuck this dude. And then he shifted to a character known as the Doctor of Thugonomics. And he would just come out to the ring and rap the whole time. And from that, somehow he became like a multiple-time world heavyweight champion. I, I was reading about that, and you know, I love, I have grown to love John Cena, and I have no idea how I missed that he actually has an album. Yes, I think, yeah, no, it's only one. I was trying to remember if there's two, but there's some bangers on that. Like, I will jam to Bad Bad Man whenever I can. It's my one of my favorite Cena songs. I meant to look it up before we started recording, but then I forgot. No. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> it's all right. Like, he's just got some, like, not the lyric, it's... It's akin to the lyrical cleverness of Eminem, but just not... Like, if Eminem was a dad... Well, I mean, he is, but, like, it, well, made, it made dad jokes. That's the level of, like, jokes you'll get in a John Cena rap. I'll brush your mouth like Colgate, I believe, is one of his lyrics. That's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. Hold on one second. Let me see if Bad Bad Man is on Rap Genius. Because I'd love for someone to break it down and be like, well, in this lyric, John Cena is informing everyone that he is, in fact, a bad, bad man. <laughs> uh, I did actually one time, it was in one of, I, I just know it was me and Blake in a class at, at UAB that we didn't care about. <laughs> and at, wow. one, at one point, I just took his computer, and for the following hour, I wrote a dissertation about the lyrics of John Cena's Bad Bad Man and the du and how it reflected the dual nature of man. Scotty, you know, all that time and effort that you put into that could have been spent on whatever class it was. I'm sure it was Capstone. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, well, the lyric, don't fuck with John Cena, I'm a bad, bad man, it just really spoke to me. It's like, don't fuck with John Cena, that's you showing how much you care about John Cena and how much you don't want people to fuck with John Cena. It's like a very internal, emotional, wanting people to be good to one another, but then you respond with, I'm a bad, bad man, saying that you outwardly are going to continue this negative attitude that you are trying to stop by telling people not to fuck with John Cena. That just got real deep real fast. I know, bro. That's what it... <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. One of the filler tracks on Big Match John's LP, this song is notable for the title being one of the phrases a Jax John Cena toy from 2007 said when you pulled his string attached to him is uh, by nondescript white rap fan on Rap Genius... 
What? I, I'm sorry. I'm going through rap genius right now. Um, oh my god! Just breaking it down. Also, John Cena doesn't seem. He's like Will Smith. He doesn't seem like somebody you should say fuck like ever. No. But he does, in fact, say don't fuck with John Cena. I'm a bad, bad man. And oh, also one of another line that I like from this is I flip fools like them clamshell cellular phones. Well, and I don't know if that's... this I don't know if this is released when those kind of phones were no, popular, but it wasn't. <laughs> but he's old enough to know. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm gonna spin their head like those old phones from the 1930s. You know the ones. I'm John Cena. Does it say that? No, it does. I wish it Oh, okay. Does. Like, John Cena just wrote an entire rap song dedicated to, to the history The evolution of, of phones. <laughs> Yo, and then Steve Jobs came on stage, pulled out a phone, it was all the rage. Also, no. don't fuck with John Cena, I'm a bad, bad no. man. <laughs> oh, man. So, fun fact, I fucking hated John Cena about <gasps> five years ago. You did what? So, okay. No, no, no. Here's the thing. It was almost, before he was a meme to everybody with the becoming the, and his name is John Cena guy, it was almost a meme within the wrestling community to hate him because he was on the show. It's a three-hour fucking show, which is too long for any television program. But you would think that, you know, giving it being a three-hour show, you would give all of their roster, all of their wrestlers' opportunities, but instead, like, easily 45 minutes of that show was dedicated to John Cena, and he was the only person in the J- or in the WWE title hunt, so everyone hated him. We got oversaturated with Jonathan Cena. I don't think it's fair to blame that on him. It's not, but it doesn't mean the crap, like, there's a, they've, it's happened again. There's a boy named Roman Reigns who looks like fucking Aquaman, current Aquaman, swear to God, completely does. And everyone hates him because they keep putting him in the WWE title picture. It's just a thing of fans being like, we don't like what you did, so we're gonna yell at the guy who did it. But here's the thing with John is current guy, Roman, isn't as good at John at, like, waving it off. Because John Cena would come out and people would be like, Fuck you, Cena! And John would, like, hold out his microphone and be like, Yeah, guys, keep it coming. I don't give a shit. Like, he handled that hate so well. He does have the best personality. Like, I mean, not that I've ever met the guy, but I can just Mm -hmm. see it. Oh, super. My favorite thing in the world is the difference between John Cena's Instagram and his Twitter. It's like night and day. Well, his, his, is it, one of them makes no sense. And I, that's his Instagram because there like, we you'll, go. You'll go to his Twitter and his Twitter will be like these fucking Sun Tzu quotes of just like, you may think that your enemy is the problem, but the true problem is within yourself. Just get up early in the morning, get to work, <laughs> and do it. Then you'll go to his Instagram, and it's just and like, it's like a picture of a saltine cracker, and that's it. Yeah, it's like a picture of like S- Steve Curry. Is that his name? The basketball boy? I don't know. Steph, St- Stephen Curry or whatever. It's a picture of him photoshopped onto Stone Cold Steve Austin. It says Stone Cold Steve Curry. Um, and then you go back to his Twitter and he's just like, my life has been long and hard and the road has been long, but I've made it and you can make it one day too. It's like, John, figure out what's happening. Well, I don't know. Maybe he feels like he can separate his two selves and just be... <laughs> <laughs> like this goofy whatever on Instagram and then this insightful John mm-hmm. Cena on Twitter. Um, also, he's apparently like a huge anime fan, which what? I know. I was reading that too. Where it's, I mean, could you just like imagine Cena pimping back watching some My Hero after a wrestling match? He's just like, I love you, All Might. All Might is me. <laughs> I would love to sit and watch anime with him. I can't. Can I just say this? The beginning of my turnaround for John Cena happened purely on fucking accident. So, what does that mean? Well, see, here's what had happened. 
I was sitting in a wrestling crowd. Okay, also, fun fact. All the people who are like, fuck you, Cena, they only go to the television tapings. Because if you go to, like, a live show that's not being taped, it's nothing but people who fucking love John Cena. So Because I, how can you not love John Cena? <laughs> exactly. So we were sitting in the... Uh, I was front row because, Nate, uh, I was fucking right there. Um, and he was in the main event because obviously he was. And he was against literally one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So I was like booing the shit out of John Cena. I was like, I hate you, John. You're the worst. And at one point, also I was wearing a wrestling mask for an independent wrestler who... Like, just one of my favorite independent wrestlers who I knew the guy I liked knew personally. So I was like, if I do this, I can get my favorite wrestler to come talk to me. True. It worked in fucking reverse. So before I get to that, I was sitting in the crowd and the match was like, all right. So I'm staring down at my phone or something and the crowd, like there's a swell of like, Cena, Cena, Cena. And then I feel my mouth move and start going, Cena, Cena, what the fuck is happening to me? And I am chanting for John Cena on accident. Mob theory took over and I began chanting for John Cena. No, I think you just loved John Cena deep down. Don't do this to me. No, here's why I did love John Cena. So the guy who I was wearing a mask for, his name is Matt Classic. Huge Matt Classic fan. I John wins the match because he's John Cena, and of course he wins the match. He gets on the top rope right next to me, where he's like playing to the crowd like I won, points a fucking finger at me, and goes... Matt Classic! Yes! And then he poses like Matt Classic, gets down off of the apron, walks over to me and shakes my hand and goes, I love Matt Classic. And I said, shit, I can't hate John Cena anymore. Okay, you touched John Cena? Why did I not know this? (laughs) But it's just like, look, fuck your story. You were Yeah, I don't give a damn about this. What you touched John Cena. He touched no, it's worse. He touched me. Because usually at those shows you hold out your hand and try to reach for them like they are gods amongst men. Oh, I would reach for him. John walked to me and held that fucking hand. He wanted to come to me. I don't I don't even know what to say to you right now. I, (laughs) the quickening happened. We touched and I was like, (gasps) I got to go post some weird shit on Instagram. (laughs) He knew though. He could, he felt it that you needed to be converted. Mm -hmm. And he, like Christ, touched (laughs) you and saved your soul. Oh, what, 10 minutes into the episode before Brenna compares John Cena to Christ? (laughs) Uh, Come on, everyone's thinking it. (laughs) Everyone's thinking it. Come on, man, it's fine. And there, no, there's still people to this day in the wrestling community who are just like, man, John Cena, that's where it all went downhill. John Cena ruined everything. And I'm just like, suck all the dicks because he's actually good. Yeah, and you want to know something else? He is the Barry Blue Jeans of wrestling. (laughs) Yes. So much. Wait, hold on. What? (laughs) Dude, he wrestles in, like, jorts. Oh, uh, because of the jorts, yes. Yes. Now, I will say, here's where the full turnaround for Cena happened with me. A, he started to have really fucking good matches. Like, amazing wrestling matches, but he wasn't around as much, so I still had a bit of, ah, Cena's not that good. And then he, I mean, obviously when he touched me, I didn't hate him anymore. But um, he won, and this is where we're going to get into nerdy wrestling talk. He won the United States wrestling title, so not the big, big Big World World Heavyweight Championship title. And he came out, and instead of being like, I'm going to come out and make poop jokes every week, he was like, I'm going to come out to the ring 
and I'm gonna wrestle a fucking good match against people who you never get to see. Like, really good wrestlers. And John Cena, every week from that point on, I swear to God, had match of the year candidates on every single episode, giving them out for fucking free. And that was when I was like, okay, John Cena's the greatest wrestler of all time. He's a good damn man. I don't know. There's not much else I can say but that. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Cena, after everything, I think becoming like a living meme really helped him as well, because anyone who tries to take him seriously anymore is like, you know it's John Cena, right? Don't. <laughs> Take him seriously. Yeah, don't fuck with John Cena. He's a bad, bad man. Okay. (laughs) Did you hear what he did on the... I mean, not the latest wrestling thing, but uh, did you in your extensive, I'm sure, John Cena research ever come across the five moves of doom? I did. I actually watched videos for that today. Okay. (laughs) And it's like nothing but, okay, essentially the five moves of doom for people who don't know were when the crowd would start booing because they knew John was about to win the match. And what it was, was a shoulder tackle another shoulder tackle, a uh, a slam, a five-knuckle shuffle, which is literally John bounces off the ropes and punches you in the face as he falls to the ground, and then yep. his finishing move, the attitude adjustment. Well, recently, Jonathan Cena came out and goes, I know everyone's talked about it, but I'm about to add... A sixth. A sixth fucking move of doom. <laughs> At which point... Knowing John Cena, personally, he's my best friend. We shook hands once. I went, uh-huh. he's about to fuck with everybody. <laughs> because everyone's just like, I wonder what it's going to be. Is it going to be like this amazing 450 Phoenix splash off the top rope? No, John got in the ring. And he just kind of crossed his arms. And then punched him. <laughs> That sounds like a failed Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what I thought. Like, where fatality comes up and you walk over to them and then just, like, hit A and then then you punch them. Yeah. That's what John did. Well, uh, A for effort. Well, no, my favorite was the fact that John was easily fucking with everybody. Well, yeah. WWE is trying their damnedest. To make it a thing. To make it a thing, so they're just like, the. I think it's called like the Thunder Punch, Lightning Punch, I think it's what they've called it. Oh, I saw something like Doom something, I thought. I don't know. <laughs> John Cena's become Doomfist. I No, basically. Let's see. Yeah. I think it's called the Lightning Punch, and like WWE's trying their best to be like, it's such a devastating move. It's so devastating. And I'm like, no, it's not. Uprox has even written a article. John Cena debuted his sixth move of doom in China. And it's fucking hilarious. Well, now I can't find the name. Also, that boy got vascular. Also, yeah, it is called the lightning fist. I'm vascular. Uh-huh. Um, but, God, yeah, uh, he, after leaving WWE, I don't know what he's doing but that boy's got veins now. Him's him's working out, doing his thing. Him's working out. He wants to be the Bumblebee in the Bumble. Uh, I'm mad. I was like, could John Cena be the voice of Bumblebee? No, he's just gonna be an army no, dude. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. But listen, speaking of his acting career, now. Okay. <laughs> now, now I give the reins over to you, Brenna. I. First saw him in Trainwreck, I'm pretty sure. And I was like, this guy. Well, little did I know that that was not the first place that I had seen him. In my research today, I found out that he was in an episode of Hannah Montana. Oh, that's right, he was. And I lost my shit. He was in that? He was in Fred the movie, which, I mean... He was his dad. Yeah, we were both sane enough to be like, no, no. we're not going to watch this film. Mm-hmm. But I did watch the clip with John Cena and Fred. I did where too, he just, today. He, he just beats the shit out of Fred. And which is fine, because I hate Fred. But John Cena's a lot of people's dads. Because he's my dad. My, e. 
He's my dad as well. Well, my favorite <laughs> Vine from everyone's favorite baby is brother Griffin McElroy does consist of him at WrestleMania as John Cena enters just screaming, That's my dad! Hey, everyone, that's Aww. my dad! <laughs> and so... When John came out at WrestleMania this year, I took out my phone and filmed a response of, That's Griffin's dad! That's amazing! Mm-hmm. Also, can I, here's my favorite thing about John at WrestleMania this year. Um, his lead-up was literally just nothing but him going, I want to fight the fucking Undertaker. Undertaker, come out, let's make a match. Undertaker did not show up. John Cena comes out next week. Undertaker, fight me! Nothing. Next week, please? Dude, I'll do anything! And then, uh, because he wanted a match at WrestleMania, and then cut to, like, the week before, and he's like, fuck, I guess Taker's not coming up, so I'll buy a ticket and sit in the crowd if I have to, Taker, if that's what it's gonna take. Cut to WrestleMania, where John Cena, for... One fourth, one third of the show sat in the fucking crowd with a beer with fans drinking while he watched WrestleMania until someone come out and was like, hey, Undertaker's here, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it was so good because my favorite thing was the fact that the match was only like five minutes and I was like, oh, what are why they cut that one short. Oh, probably because John was drunk off beer from the fucking crowd. He's oh just getting God. wasted with people. That would, ha- could you imagine just being there with drunk John Cena? I can't. <laughs> <sighs> you guys can't see me, but I'm drinking beer right now. John, that's just, we know we can see it. You guys can't, though. John, please stop. <laughs> I waved my hand in front of my face. You can't. <laughs> you can't see me anymore. I used my magic power. <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing thing that stopped me from going down to the where John was sitting was the fact that we were also apparently during that sitting with, I was he tag team champion at the time? No, he wasn't. Um, one of the greatest tag champs of all time, Matt Hardy. His family was sitting in the same section with us. The husband of the ring announcer was like directly in front of us, chilling with us. So that's why I was like, you know what, y'all can have John. I've got what? the I've got the family with me. What? I know. I don't know how we pulled it off, but we apparently found the friends and family section. So I was just sitting around, just like, oh yeah, that's Carl Anderson's wife, and then like to the left, oh that's Matt's wife. Like just going through and be like, oh well, everyone's fucking wives and husbands and everyone are here with me. You lead a charmed wrestling life. <laughs> Outside of wrestling, it's like, yeah, I haven't done that much. Inside of wrestling, it's like, dude, you don't know, man. I've done it all. <laughs> You're famous. I'm famous, man. But you know who's famous to me, Brenna? Who is famous to you, Scotty? All of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, guys. Patreon.com slash a load of BS is where you can support all of the BS network from fun fiction to a load of BS. And you get perks over there. You get access to our exclusive Discord. And we will shout you out on whatever show you want to get shouted out on. So we got some people talking on a load of BS. We got some fight boys on there. But we need some fiction. What should what should our fans be called? Uh, fictionites. I was gonna say our fun base. Our fun heads. Our fun heads. Okay, comment below. What do you guys want to be called? And also, whatever you you our fun base wants to be called, we want you on here. We want to shout you out. We want to say your name. We want to sing your praises. And all you gotta do is donate over at Patreon. Dot com slash a load of BS. So, Brenna, we've talked about the man, the myth, the legend, John Cena. And now it's time to get into what the fans have made about John. And it's all pretty buck wild. Yeah, I saw some things that I did not need to see. Well, it's either buck. The choices are buck wild or John Cena is in high school. That's it. Oh, well. Yeah, I, there, there's like a lot of weird WWE X high school crossovers. I don't, I was obviously looking at very different things than you. <laughs> okay. I saw some shit, Scotty. <laughs> well. And I'm not going to talk about it. 
Well, see, what I love is when you say, I saw some shit, that means Brenna didn't bring it to the table because she thought it was too tasteless. When I say, I seen some shit, that means that's what I'm about to fucking read. And Brenna, I saw some shit. Oh, no. (laughs) And this is my fan fiction I brought to the table by Toasty Gas Carth. Great fucking name, dude. It might be Toasty Gas Carth, but I don't know. Yeah, like Alex, like Alex. Alex Gascartha, all time low. Oh, that might be. Actually, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, their picture is, in fact, a picture of, of him on a piece of toast. There you go. Um. So this is for no one writes like Gascarth toast is bread like Gascarth. No one. Um, this is One Heart by Toasty Gascarth. <clears throat> And it's written, it's it's a love story, and it's written from the POV of both of the lovers. And obviously one of them is John, so it starts out at John. <clears throat> and his name is John Cena! The crowd went wild, cheering my name as I went into the WWE wrestling pit. There was the large and muscular man standing in front of me who I was supposed to fight. This is fine, I thought. You've been doing this for years. Three, two, one, take him out! I just want to say, Toasty Gath- Gast- Garth knows fucking nothing about wrestling, and it's my favorite thing about this fanfiction. <laughs> That's if I wrote a wrestling fanfiction. I decided to do my famous knock him to the ground to make the- <laughs> John's infamous fa- finishing move, the knock him to the ground, to make the crowd pleased. All of them were cheering for me. John Cena. I knew I was going to win. I brought the man to the ground, and I knew only one thing. And the winner is John Cena. The crowd went wild again. Everyone was cheering my name and had signs with my name on it, too. It was no secret that I was famous. Hell, I was even on a fucking cereal box. I feel like my life is so perfect. I went backstage where I had fan art and presents that my beautiful fans have got me. I looked around. There was awards of WWE wrestling matches I won and trophies for also a bunch of charities because I feel like I'm a great person. Also, I'm a great actor because I played Fred's dad and Fred the movie. Good times. But, but there's this other part of me that thinks that there's a missing piece of me. Like someone that I need to love and tell them everything will be okay. I still haven't found that special person yet. Maybe one day. And now it cuts... To his lover's POV. It's been a long five years without Fiona. What? I thought we were doing so well, the two of us. We had three kids and a great swamp and great friends. I guess the world's never perfect. Fiona got very sick one day and just passed Jesus away. Christ. <laughs> and just passed away in her sleep. I guess that's how she would have liked it. A soft, painless death. Flashback. Shrek, I really don't feel well. Fiona was laying in bed and had a very raspy voice. I invited Donkey so he could give Fiona company through his struggle while I watched the kids. Fiona called me in, which means that she isn't going to be well for a while. Shrek, I don't even know if I'll make it. Don't you dare say that. I promise you everything will be fine. We live in our own world. It's you and me against the whole world. I know people think we're different, but that's okay. We have each other, and that's all that matters. We both started to tear up. I know that everything I said was true. I love her so much. She means the world to me. I would go to that castle a thousand times to see that wonderful face I know. Well, it's getting late. We should sleep. Good night, my beautiful Fiona. Good night, my handsome Shrek. And then we drifted to sleep. The next day I woke up and I saw the beautiful face I know. The problem is, she was cold. Fiona! I tried to see if her heart was still beating and it was dead silent. Fiona was dead and I could never hear her voice again. I shiver thinking of that feeling. My life is not perfect whatsoever. I ignore my friends still, and I stay in my swamp all the time. I don't even eat onions anymore. I've lost all hope. I used to have it all. A beautiful wife that I loved the most, kids that actually stayed with me and not in an orphanage right now. No one would want them because nobody wants an ogre baby. I lost all my friends because they just gave up on making me happy. Yeah, like I'll ever be happy again. I have nothing. 
I don't even know what's keeping me alive. Maybe I'll find someone else that'll end my darkness and give me life again. Maybe someday. Author's note! Uh, sorry that was so fucking sad. Uh, <laughs> we're still with Shrek. I decided to walk in the woods to calm me down. I seem to do that a lot now because I get those flashbacks now a lot more than usual. I walked by a tree to calm me down and I started to hear a familiar voice but I couldn't quite memorize who it was. Then it hit me. Shrek! Is that you? A familiar, a familiar voice came up to me wagging his tail. Don't get... <laughs> I'm sorry, Shrek yelling donkey's my favorite. Don't get... Oh my god, Shrek! I haven't seen you in ages. How you been, man? Leave me alone, donkey. I trotted past him, but I knew I wasn't going to get rid of him that easily. Wait, hold on. I haven't seen you in what, like four years? And you decide to ignore me? Nuh-uh. That is not how we're going to do things like that. I just ignored him like I do to everyone else. I guess that's just what I do. Pretty much ignore everyone I know. You know what? Fine. I won't even follow you or talk to you anymore. That's it. Donkey just strutted away. Thank God I got him out of my way. I never really liked him anyway. Sorry, not sorry. Since I was already outside, I decided to go into town. What was the worst that could happen? <laughs> Everything. I made it to the town and I decided to go to a bar. I sat down and decided to order a drink. There was a person next to me that looked like he had a little too much, if you know what I mean. He had dark brown hair and was very, very tall. He also seemed to have an accent. Hey, are you Shrek? I'm your biggest fan. The 24-year-old man slurred while having a drink, and I was pretty disgusted by his act. And what's your name? My name's Dan. Pretty high on dank memes right now, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Oh, great. He's another weird kid on the internet that thinks I'm a meme, or whatever the kids call it these days. If anything, he should be the meme. I dressed up as you for Halloween, and my husband was sore. It's a pretty pathetic costume, though. For the last time, I'm not your husband. A pale boy with black hair came in wearing glasses and a plaid shirt. I'm so sorry, is he bothering you? Uh, come on, Dan, let's go. I'm so high on the memes! This is the reason I don't go into town anymore. Also, are Dan and Phil British because I don't know and they just said he had an accent? I have no idea. Hold on. <laughs> We're gonna pause the fucking fan fiction real quick to figure out if Dan and Phil... Yes, okay, good. They are British. Very good. So we did it right. You Cut did back. it right. Cut back to John Cena. I decided that I'll go to the bar that night because of my great victory. Of course, I'll have people notice me because I am John Cena, after all. I walked in, and right when I walked in, there was a brown-haired boy and a black-haired boy that looked like they had the same exact hairstyle. Hey! Are you John Cena? The boy with the brown hair and a black shirt asked me. Why, yes, I am. Do you want a picture or something? No, I just want all your memes. The boy slurred while practically leaning on his friend or boyfriend. I don't know these days. This is my husband, Phil. For the last time, I'm not your husband, damn it. You're my boyfriend, remember? Oh, right. Dan then gave Phil a very mouthy kiss right there. So I was correct about the boyfriend thing. I decided to leave those two weird lovebirds alone while I sit at the bar and get a drink. As I sit down, I saw the guy next to me. He had green skin and the most, most brown eyes you could see. They remind me of chocolate. He didn't have any hair, just like me. His outfit could use a little work, but that didn't matter right now. Hi. So, um, what's your name? I said shyly and stuttering a few times. Oh, um, my name is Shrek. Shrek. What an uncommon name. I rather prefer the uncommon names than the common ones. I actually hate my name. It's way too common, and I just don't like the name John. My name's John. Well, I do like that name a lot. I blushed, but I couldn't really show it. Oh, God, I'm being such a freak, probably. Shrek hates me right now. I'm, I'm way too awkward, and I can't really say anything. Uh, I have to go get something. I rushed out of the bar and started running. I never felt that way about anyone before. I have no idea what's gotten into me. 
is this what it feels like to like someone in that way? Did I know I was gay? So many questions. I ended up in a very dark alley and I had no idea where to go. I saw a shadow behind a trash can and I couldn't see who it was. Hi. Wanna buy some dank memes? I heard, I heard a voice that sounded very strange. The figure started moving closer and closer and I started to see he had blonde hair and a bunch of tattoos on his arms. He showed me a bunch of memes and I didn't know what to say. I've never been in this situation before. I know about meme dealing and how it's bad. I mean, I've never seen a meme dealer in my entire life until now. So, uh, what's your name? The name's Pete. Pete Wentz, the figure told me. Um, hi, Pete. My name's John. John Cena. Hello, John. Only for today, I'll give you... One free meme. I didn't really know what to say. Um, well, thanks, Pete. Pete turned back and looked at me surprised. Then he left without saying anything else. Okay, so Brenna, that was... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I want to end it with I'm sorry. Okay, um, yeah. It's okay! <laughs> It was it was one of those things that I was just like Shrek and John Cena fan fiction. Boop, done. Okay, I'm good for the show. That's all I need. Sometimes I really question your sanity. I guess. Okay. No. What, make, what makes you say that? Uh, Look, I, I was just like, I want I want to do my fucking Scottish accent. Damn it. That's the <laughs> only reason you picked it. I was like, oh, I get to talk like this. And then also, it's got the cast. Uh, Shrek is himself, John Cena is himself, and I saw Dan and Phil, and then I saw Pete Wentz. And I was like, oh, fuck yes, I have to put Pete Wentz in this. Dear Jesus. Also, apparently, Pepe and Doge is in this later on. How? So if any- <laughs> I don't know. So if anybody wants to finish up reading One Heart, a Shrek and John Cena fan fiction by Toasty Gascarth, Fucking look it up, guys. I'm going to try to put it in the uh, episode description as well. So, that's that, Brenna. Oh, Lord <laughs> help us. Follow that. Do it. Okay. Um, what I have... Okay. Uh, no. Is called The Enemy of My Enemy. And it's okay. by ssj all Hazred maybe? Um, so, Super, Super Saiyan Jaden. All, yeah, all sure. Um, it's kind of lengthy, so I'm not going to read all of it, but it's, um, yeah. It's okay. We're giving <laughs> we're giving the class homework on this episode. Yeah, you have to finish reading this Shrek and John thing. Oh, God. Okay. Victory, uh, no, Victory Arena at Heck Edmondson Pavilion, Washington. Though the dressing room is well lit, it has clearly seen better days. Venues such as this one formerly named after a bank before the war focus more on their resources on staying open and keeping a schedule of events than perfect tidiness and maintenance. There are costumes from a regular monthly performance in the cubby holes unrelated to tonight's event. As I enter, John Cena is in the middle of his warm-up exercises. Like the room, he's seen better in younger days, but the scars on his face and arm are almost invisible next to his exuberance. He has no trouble holding a conversation while going through his stretches. You know, even before the war, lots of people, even people who weren't fans, anyone who just happened to catch him on TV, lots of people thought old Vince was insane. He totally was, too. That man would have brilliant ideas one minute and force total crap through the writing team the next because he laughed real easy at dirty jokes. Oh, Damn. okay. So, wait, hold on. Can I just say, this person has watched wrestling. That's so fucking uh, accurate. Yeah, they have. <laughs> Damned if a lot of us wouldn't have survived the panic otherwise, though. He could otherwise, though. He couldn't write worth a damn, but he could spot bullshit in reality a mile away. He panicked before the panic was in full swing, sent us all home, canceled all the events, paid us the rest of our salaries for the year, and told us to batten down the hatches. Those were his exact words, batten down. He wanted us to be ready when it was all over, safe, uninfected, and healthy enough to go right back to work. I guess that was the one bit of bullshit he never caught on to, though. That whole idea was going to blow over quickly. Not that any of us thought differently. Not that it was early enough to make a huge difference. He thought he had 
time to stop in Connecticut before Greenwich was overrun and he was wrong. Most of us were lucky. We were doing shows in California right before Yonkers. Everyone not in New York was still pretending life was relatively normal before that, you know. John pauses and sits down, looking awkward on the floor with his arms over his legs. I was trying to get home before Yonkers was even over, man. Your family owned a farm in Massachusetts. He nods. By the time I got got it through in my head that this shit wasn't something anyone could ignore, it was going to head west whether we liked it or not. It was too late. No one would go east. Not just to the coast, but east. You would have had a hard time getting to Arizona from California. Well, it wasn't all bad. Some of my family... At the time, I had no idea, though. Why assume the worst? I thought about my dad once a day. I wonder if he stayed, tried to hold down the farm like a fort until the numbers just piled on like some crazy nod rush. I imagined what it would have been like if I'd gone home sooner. sooner. If I would have tried to talk him out of it, if I'd have stayed to fight it, fight it out to the bitter end. Once everyone was panicking, no one was helping. There was no way to get word out or to get word from anywhere even remotely close to New York. I spent a month trying to find my girlfriend, and I just found out she'd she'd headed east after Zach was on the move, probably looking for her own family. Well, I never saw her again. For a while, I refused to believe I never would, though. Lots of isolated pockets survived, right? It wasn't that much of a fantasy. Anyway, when we were pretty good and settled behind the Rockies, I was surprised to find myself classified something other than F6. I didn't really think a pro wrestler had useful skills for taking on Zach or the needs of everyone. Turned out personal trainers were, were in slight demand, though. Wasn't an A1 by any means. Damn, I, I can't remember the number, but whatever. I didn't get away from doing work, but most of that work was working closely with people. Large groups of them, though. We never gave lectures to any of us who knew anything about nutrition. We made rounds through as many refugee camps as we could before dropping. Later, as many neighborhoods as we could when they started existing again. We'd take inventories of supplies, get everyone to understand exactly how much nutrition they had available, how they should ration it, how they should exercise to use it best without burning so many calories it would just be wasting food. That was a crapshoot, let me tell you. Even people who weren't totally out of shape, the kind that had never worked out a day in their lives, this idea that they should devote a half hour of free time every other day to exhausting themselves after work already exhausted them. You know, the fat couch potatoes were usually more open to it. Would you believe that? I never understood that. I thought maybe they wanted to slim down so they could outrun Zach easier. Or hell, I don't know. Not like they were all cooperative like some magical nationwide aerobics class anyhow. John pulls some bottled water from the blue rucksack near him on the floor. I accept when he retrieves a second bottle and offers it to me. Like many brand name water bottles these days, the seal is long broken and it's refilled from a sink. So that went on a while, right? Then this one winter I'm working out, I'm, I adapted to not having a gym real quick. That lack of nutrition I was talking about, that meant I was a skinny little bastard for a while, but keeping something of what I had was how I spent my downtime. I know everyone just knows that every single one of us juiced up the ones who did and got caught sure, sure didn't help. But hey, truth of the matter is plenty of us looked like we were on roids just because we worked out that much. Wasn't much else to do while on the road. Anyway, I remember this like yesterday. I was doing chin-ups on a tree in the courtyard of the apartments I was assigned to live at. My roommate was this skinny little computer geek who spent the day making sure the military's network stayed networked and all that stuff. I'd badgered him for a while to be my workout buddy, mostly out of loneliness, really. I still didn't know any of my family was alive. I'd had no regular contact with human beings for a while, had to deal with too many to remember any of them. Trying to be social with my roommate was how I kept from thinking about everyone I lost, how I kept from losing it, I think. So we're out on this tree doing chin-ups, and he'd been at it for like two months now. He wasn't winded after five seconds like he was when he'd started. This was the last thing we do, and it was snowing out, but it was early in the season, so it hadn't gotten bitter yet. We're holding onto this branch and doing the routine, wearing old, scavenged hoodies, winter boots, jeans. He says, John, man, I'm going to drop. So I tell him to go ahead inside, and I'll be there soon. So he lets go and drops, and I heard him shot and fall. I figured he just didn't stick the landing. He was a geek. He could fall after dropping six inches, you know? So I dropped down to make sure he didn't break anything. The first thing, the very first thing I realized was that we weren't alone. There was someone else right there in front of our faces. So the first thing I think before I even take in the scene, before I look for detail, this is a fucking zombie sneaking up on us. 
My buddy yelled and fell over because some living dead asshole shambled in right under our noses and now we had a problem. Had you seen a zombie before? Oh, damn right I did. Not during the panic. I was already west and I was never near the local outbreaks when they first started, but I'd put two down by then. One was when I caught watch duty. That was usually the work we did when we were pulled from our educational tours. Found one in an abandoned home. Another was, well, some random Zach had gotten to the city, wandered around a bit after the last winter. When it thawed, it took someone by surprise in the neighborhood I was teaching in. I'll never, ever forget that guy trying to pry this undead bastard off of him. The rest of us, me included, I'm ashamed to say, just circled around like we were watching some ordinary fight. We were too afraid to do anything, too afraid of being bitten. Imagine that. I had no problem scouting abandoned houses, but this? This just set off all that wiring that stops people from acting when there's a crowd. Anyway, he gets bitten before he can pull his gun and cap this act, totally freaks out and empties a whole mag into its head after that. Looks around. I felt like he was making eye contact with each of us, each and every one. Reloads the gun, put it to its head, puts it to his head. This guy just starts crying. He couldn't do it. He walked straight over to me. I, I don't know why we didn't have uniforms or anything like that. He couldn't have known I was someone who was maybe prepared for this sort of thing that I was supposed to be that in case it ever happened, I'll watch. He just hands me the gun and he's still crying and I took it, did it for him. Sorry, I'm getting way off track here. Please say whatever you feel is appropriate. Right. Well, back to thinking Zach was going to lunch for me any second. Was it actually a zombie? Nope. Of all the people left in the world, it was Taker. I'm sorry? The, under the Undertaker. One of my old co-workers. Hadn't seen him since the panic. Never thought I'd see any of them again, really, but I guess if it was going to be anyone, it'd be Taker. To be continued. Oh my God! Yes! It's very good, and it's based on World War Z, so there's a bunch of, like, slang in there that's from the book, but it's really good. Brenna! Brenna the Taker! I know, I should send you a link, because it is it is very good. I'm also really mad, because <laughs> I really loved it, and I liked it a lot, but also during that, I was working on something. What were you working on? Well... <laughs> at Dragon Con, I bought an ocarina. Oh my god. So, while you were doing that, I had my microphone muted. I as knew I was it. <laughs> you I didn't like, hear you making any noise. I was like, either the podcast is broken, or he is doing something else. <laughs> well, I was just over here, just quietly like... Shit, shit, I'm sorry. I did it, though. I did the Cena. Sure you did. Sure. That's the Cena! I'm so proud of you, but also, don't do that shit while I'm talking. I'm not! I, was, I muted it, and no one at home will know. Yeah, until they hear me get on to you for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the lion sleeps tonight, but not that good. Um, <laughs> may maybe. Nope, that's not. I was trying to do some Zelda shit. Um, anyways. Oh my god. But Brenna, you know this thing we, we do on the show where we use our mouths to read stories? I just wish... I wish there were people who did that, but for, like, books. Wouldn't that be great? Man, I feel like somebody can make a lot of, lot of money doing that. It depends on how popular it is, because I can tell you from experience from my books over on Audible.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Audible.com is the website where you get access to over hundreds of thousands of audiobooks right at your fingertips. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash b Network, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible where you can pick up any of my books. Uh, Quiesel Corp, Quiesel Corp Risen, BS vs. the Gods is coming out this month. You can get it absolutely for free. It supports us. It helps you. Breno, what are you jamming to on the on the tent on the audibles? I am jamming to the uh, sweet sounds of the elementals by Michael McDowell, which is 
a horror novel set in Mobile, Alabama. I swear to God. Look, I just learned it, okay? Um, so, <laughs> I love if I get into my fanfiction on this next segment, and then all of a sudden, ocarina music starts playing, and I'm like, where the fuck did she get one? Oh, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna no. mute my mic and not no. pay attention to your fanfiction at all. I paid attention, it's just I was doing your background music, but only for myself. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. I really loved it. I did, I promise. Sure. Okay, hold on. Let me open the unwritten rules. Unwritten rules of fun fiction. Uh, rule number one: no smut. Rule number two: you break no smut like every other week. <laughs> rule number two: no ocarina while people are reading fan fiction. Yeah, glad that you found that one in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know it wasn't in the rules. Oh my god. It well, now it is. Yeah. Um, um, so now let's get into mine, where, Brenna, I'm not going to lie, the show that inspired my fan fiction, I had never seen. <laughs> so I watched it, and I I could probably talk more about the show than I could about John Cena at this point. But let's get into mine, and it's about John Cena in high school, so. <clears throat> oh, wow, okay. It's also written in second person, which I'm really digging for some reason. <laughs> your name is Stephanie Miles, and it's your first day at a new school. After months and months of bullying, you finally reached your breaking point. You remember that moment vividly. Samantha Callahan, the self-pronounced leader of your bully group, chased you down and beat you into the concrete. The school gathered around as you attempted to stand, but your arms betray you, forcing you to fall to the ground. Blood rushes from your nose as it smacks against the concrete. Why was Samantha, Sammy for short, coming after you? Simple. Your gorgeous hair. It drew the unwanted attention of several boys, and Sammy did not like that. She couldn't stand the idea that there was someone more beautiful than her, and you fit that bill perfectly. As you attempt to stand again, you feel a swift kick in the ribs as you're sent careening back onto the ground. You hear the laughter of Sammy and her friends as tears begin to well up around your eyes. People have started to gather and whisper, some sympathetic to your cause and some declaring, it's what you deserved all along. Then you hear something even more horrifying. The sound of shears. You try to run away, but Sammy's goons were too fast. They hold you down as Sammy comes from behind, and then you feel it. The feeling of rapidly moving blades connecting with your skull as Sammy pulls the buzzer across your scalp. You try to resist, but any attempts are met with a swift punch that slammed your face into the concrete again. By the time it was over, you could only stare down as your beautiful hair lay on that concrete, stuck together with blood. You reach up to touch your scalp and feel blood pouring down, and then you snap. You don't know what happened next. All you know is that when you awoke, Sammy was being pulled away on a stretcher and your arm was being nearly ripped out of joint as you were being drugged to the principal's office. One quick meeting later, and you were expelled. Which leads us to today. Your first day at your new school. It cost your parents almost their entire life savings to send you here, but they knew it was somewhere where you could be safe from someone like Sammy. You reach up to touch the little bit of hair you have on your head as you slowly walks into the gates of the Cena Academy. You struggle to find your classes as you walk the halls. It was like a mansion with no discernible map. Your first day of the your first class of the day was music class. You rush through the halls as the clock ticks down, struggling to stay punctual. You come up under a sign reading Music Room 3. You reach out for the doorknobs with a wince as you stand terrified of what lay within. Would it be mockery from students, looks of unwanted sympathy for your cause? You would find none of that within this room, however, for as you entered that room, you entered the host club. You see, only those with excellent social standing and those from filthy rich families are lucky enough to spend their time here at the elite private school, Cena Academy. 
The Cena Host Club is for the school's handsomest boys with too much time on their hands. Entertain young ladies who also have way too much time on their hands. Just think of it as Cena Academy's elegant playground for the super rich and beautiful. Uh, hello? You ask nervously as you enter when suddenly five young men stare at you wide-eyed. One had a small smirk on his face, growing as he pushed up his glasses. Two of them were busy whispering amongst one another. There was another who was tall and strong, who began rapidly rushing towards you, but not staring at you. His gaze was looking down at something moving rapidly, which is when you get nearly tackled to the ground by a small figure gripping your leg. Hi, my name's Ray. What's your name? The small, excited figure asks as he jumps up and down. Welcome to the Cena High School Host Club. Oh, we're so excited to have a new recruit. New recruit? You ask nervously when the man sporting glasses speaks up. Ray, please leave the man alone. He's obviously lost. The man walks towards you, searching through an iPad as your eyebrows furrow. Man? Did he just call you a man? Before you can ponder any further, however, he continues. What class are you looking for? I, uh, uh, uh music 101? You respond as he continues to stare down at his iPad before turning the screen towards you. Ah, that's music room seven. He responds as you look down at the screen, showing the room nearly completely across campus. You sigh as he continues. I don't mean to be rude, but there's no way you can make this on time. So stay with us! Come on! Ray continues to pull on your arm as you try to back out. You hated being late, but you knew about host clubs. It was nothing but an excuse for men to gawk on idiotic women that would fall for the easiest tricks. You try to back out when the door slams shut behind you. You slowly turn to see a sixth man staring at you. You weren't sure where he came from, but you knew who he was. He had a tall, slender build with a buzzed blonde haircut. His smile lit up the entire room as he slowly struts towards you. You attempt to run, but he grabs you and holds you in place. As you look upon the man's face, you freeze in fear. It was John Cena Jr., the self-proposed leader of the host club and son of the man who created this academy, John Cena Jr., or simply Jr., as he liked to be called, was not a man to be reckoned with. His connections were far and wide, and he gives you a stern look as you try your best to avert your gaze. Only one day at this new academy, and you already had someone looking to bully you. You. You wince as you prepare, prepare for the parade of insults to pour out of his mouth. You are absolutely one of the most handsome men to ever grace our doorstep. You must join this club. Wait, what? what? No, no, I think there's a misunder... He stops you with a finger to your lips, causing a shiver to run down your spine. No, 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 I won't take no for an answer. You absolutely must join us. But first... He smiles as he looks down at your old clothes. Having spent all their money on tuition, your parents weren't able to afford the official school uniform, forcing you to attend in ratty old t-shirts and jeans. Junior smirks as he snaps his fingers. James, Jay... Get this boy fixed up, won't you? With that, the two whispering twins rush towards you with a uniform before, before pulling you towards a changing room. Moments later, you stare at yourself in a mirror, dressed in an official Cena School Academy uniform, and... And you look good. You never were one for physical looks, but for once, since that horrible attack, since you lost your hair, you can look at yourself in that mirror and smile. You dust off that powder blue coat and put it on before merging back into Music Room 3. My god, you certainly clean up well, don't you, Commoner? You groan as Junior refers to you by the name of Commoner, before, but before you can retort, he interrupts once again. Uh, no, 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 no talking. Daddy needs to assess you. Following this, Junior takes a step back next to the spectacled man and begins to stare you up and down. They whisper back and forth as sweat beads on your forehead. Moments later, they begin to circle you like vultures, all six of them. You want to run, you want to escape, but you're trapped between their bodies before a small smile grows on Junior's face. So tell me, commoner, what exactly is your type? He asks as your eyebrows furrow once again confused at this statement. You see, the Cena Host Club attempts to craft 
multiple personalities to cater to the whims of every woman who enters through that door. We have the intelligent type, like Seth. He points towards the man with the glasses. The strong but silent type, like Antonio here. The tall man from earlier stands proudly as the small boy known as Ray climbs onto his shoulder, joined by the twins. Uh, the boy Lolita, the mischievous types. Wait, what exactly are you? You ask with a raised eyebrow as Junior smirks before doing a back handspring and landing in a chair, posed like a regal king. Me? Why, I am the prince. He comments, causing a groan to fall out of the mouths of the rest of the members of the host club. What? I am the prince! It's my type! It's written down! So, what exactly are you? I... I'm just me. I'm just stuff. You try to comment again, but Junior interrupts, crossing to you and pulling you closer. Oh, Stephen, 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 it's quite all right, my boy. Many people don't understand exactly what type they are until they try it out. Here, here, let's give you a few options. Moments later, and you are whisked away into a chair where the boys give you continuous makeovers into different types, such as the dark and brooding, the mischievous child, and numerous others. After several attempts to change you, you finally stand up in a huff. You rip off the dark wig they, wig they placed on your head and throw it on the ground, only for Seth to quickly scoop it up and place it on a dummy, fixing the mangled mess of hair. I'm not any of these things! I'm not even a man! You yell out as Junior sighs and walks towards you, hand extended. Oh, my dear Stephen, I know it feels that way now. We all have a long way to go before becoming men, but that's exactly what the host club is here to teach you. He smiles as he leads you to a chair, sitting you down. We are here to turn boys into men. We are here to make women happy. For example, Antonio makes them happy by making them feel safe. Ray makes them happy by spreading his own childlike joy in the twins. Well, you turn to see James and Jay staring into each other's eyes, holding each other tightly. Jay's hand runs through the hair of his twin as they pull each other closer. I'm so sorry I neglected you earlier, James. I just... I can't let myself fall into this trap again. I understand, James responds as your eyes widen. No one understands you more than I do, brother. You groan as you turn back who towards Junior, who smirks. The twins do what they do. He smirks as he sips from a cup of tea before setting it back down on the table with a pinky extended. So really, all you have to do is make a woman happy. How exactly would you make a woman happy, Stephen? I... I feel like I would just... No! You respond as the twins break into a giggling fit. I mean, it's pretty natural for me to know what makes a woman happy. I mean, after all, I am a natural. I like that. He smiles at you as he takes your hand and swoops you up into the air. You will be the natural. The one who makes women feel like they're being listened to. The one who really understands them. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a strange idea, really, but it just might work. So, what do you think, Stephen? Think you have what it takes to actually become a host? Well, actually, I... Before you can respond, a bell rings overhead and a knock is heard at the door. Jay and Jimmy quickly prep themselves with a hand on each handle. Excellent! That's fantastic to hear, dear Stephen. You'll make an excellent addition to the club. He smiles as he and the other four host club members jump into formation in front of the door. He quickly pulls you by his side as the doors are flung open and several dozen women come flocking in. Hope you're ready to test those skills, my boy, because the host club is open. The end. So, is this... Were you... Did you watch the show to rot this thick, or what is happening? Here's what had happened. One of my favorite ASMR channels did a role play where they were the main character of Oran High School Host Academy. Ah. And I fucking loved it. 
So that was in the back of my head. Then when I knew I wanted to do a Cena fic where he was like in high school, I went, okay, Oron seems like a perfect fit. So I started watching Oron and holy fuck, Oron is my favorite show of all time now? (laughs) I enjoyed it. I need to watch it so I can understand that better, I think, but... I didn't want to do a blatant ripoff of the first episode, but a lot of that is almost ripping off the first episode. Right. I was honestly genuinely waiting at one. Like, because that during that, you're usually vocal when something way too violent happens. So I was waiting for you during that opening to be like, oh, oh my God. Then you were silent. And I was like, that motherfucker's got an ocarina. <laughs> no, I was just taking it in. I mean, look, I'm used to violence by now. I'm not... <laughs> Also, I guess it should be said, because this will be my first fanfiction that I'm going to put on fanfiction.net, because apparently we have a fucking superstar fanfiction celebrity on the show. What up, guys? That's me. (laughs) Yeah, I just love that moment where you put, I think it was the, you've done both of yours on there, right? Yeah, and like no one reads. My Little Pony anymore, apparently, but Twilight, they're like, yes, give me more, and I'm like, okay. You're like, oh, shit, now I actually have to write. No, that Damn was, it. That was exactly my thought process, because these people keep commenting, well, I, it was supposed to be a one-shot, right? And then this yeah. girl comments, and she's like, hey, is this a one-shot? It should not be, and I'm like, um, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess it cannot be, but, like, I'm gonna have to think about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, with me, it's going to be a matter of, I wonder how many people read fanfiction about Oron High School Academy x John Cena. Well, just post that and see the response you get and go from yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you guys want to find us on fanfiction.net, you can. Uh, I'm Scotty Moe, as usual, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Are you Brennosaur on that one, too? Yeah, Brennosaur. B-R-E-N-N-A-S-A-U-R. Awesome, awesome. So check us out over there. And uh, check out Brenna at the same thing on Twitter, right? Yeah, I'm the same on basically everything. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, the full Queensland Corp trilogy. B.S. versus the gods. If you like how I write, it's like that, but a whole book. Or you can get it on Audible, audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Check that out. Check out all the other shows at a load of pure BS dot Come, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff, and send in fan fiction for next week's episode. Because next week, Brenna, I want to be the very best, but but like no one ever was. Did. Yeah, we're doing fucking Pokemon, baby. What up? Yeah. Fun fiction, I choose you. We're gonna kick some ash next week. You're right, you're right. Mm hmm. So, yeah, and of course, review us on iTunes, as always, because we love getting feedback to do that. But until next time, Brenna. Guess what? You can't see me. Baby Hitler's not here. (laughs) Oh, she's gone.